Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Pod channel. I'm Stacey June. And I'm Christy Mercer. And you are you and we embrace you for you. Oh, good one. <laughs> Full on. Uh, this is the show where we talk about all things going on across the world, pop culture, entertainment, anything that we really give two Fs about, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's and true. And we've, we've got some exciting news. As of next week, this show is going to be converted into a live podcast. That is faux reels. The Bachelor, the new season with the Honey Badger kicks off next week. Yes. And because this is, yeah, as you say, so it's like a topical podcast talking about news that we are interested in that the rest of the world or the country is. Everybody basically in the whole country goes nuts. They get batchy fever around this time of the year when a new season drops. So why wouldn't we jump on board that train? And the exciting part is not only is this podcast going to be focused on all things batchy while the season runs, we're actually going to be doing live events um, every, you know, like every week every as single episodes week. drop. Every week at the Sheaf in Double Bay, Sydney. So upstairs we'll have our very own room. You'll be able to watch The Bachelor with us. We'll host the night and then we will record the 411 live that's free of charge. Just come along, grab a bite, bring your mates. Um, we'll put all of the details across our socials. And as of next week, the 411 will be a Bachelor recap. So essentially if you can't make it or you're not in Sydney, um, we will have the live recording on this very channel for all of you. Oh, it's very exciting. That's next week. So yes. all things about you next week. But right now, it is time to dig into other stuff that's going on in the rest of, I don't know, the rest of the world, the rest of the internets mm. that's interesting us. I want to get stuck right into the fact that two of the Wiggles got married a couple of years ago and now they've split and it's awkward AF. Well, they've tried to make it as little, oh, like, as, oh, with just... little damage as possible. And, and I didn't see the post as being that awkward, but let's... Let's get into okay. it. You find it. Look, the reality is it's not ideal. Come on. Okay, it's what are you not what, ideal? What do you want to chat about? Oh, oh my god, I what? want Chill. to talk about I am frothing the teacher's pet. Now, a few of you have actually commented. I don't know if you contacted what's the te- us. What's the teacher's pet? It is a podcast, oh. a crime podcast uh, run by The Australian. Oh, yeah. I love it, a good crime pro- podcast. It has just hit number one on the podcast charts in the US. Get out. Really? It is huge. And it's. I think it's like 12 episodes deep and I want to just. I just want to dissect it. All of the facts are there, Mercer, even if I tell you and you yes, guys yeah. haven't listened you know, the case is the case. Like there's not, it's not like I'll be giving away too many spoilers, but I do want to dissect because I think a few of you contacted us or or myself on Instagram. I can't remember where I read it and said, I really want your opinion on this because this, the, under, the, the underlying story mm. is essentially a real misogynist um, kind of domestic violence gone terribly 
terribly wrong that has been covered up for almost 30 years, oh, 82, wow. 92, to that. yes, yeah, 30 years. And the case has come back up in the communities of the Northern Beaches in Sydney oh, wow. because of this podcast. Yeah, so shit. okay, it's full on. Oh, Someone my God, this is, like a se- this is like a serial case. I was mad Can we do it now? Because yeah, I'm just gagging. So essentially, just to give you a recap. Uh, so what's a it woman, called? Teach, a te- teach, the Teacher's Pet. The Teacher's Pet. Um, the journalist from The Australian by the name of Hadley has apparently been on this case for years. Like okay. he read about it. Um, I would think it was like I think early nineties. Hey, does he that was also, reading about this case? Does that also fascinate you? Like I find that so interesting when you hear or you watch docos into crimes or unsolved, you know, cold cases and all that. Which I don't like, generally do. I know it's not so, like you. Yeah, but um, what also always fascinates me when you listen to Serial or any of those kind of podcasts where detectives and journalists will delve into a case and sometimes will end up being their life's work. Like they they crack a cold case that might be twenty five years old, and there will be a, there there'll be a detective that will not rest until I don't know if anyone's seen. Is it the sinner? What's the one with Jessica Biel? Yeah, the in sinner. It? Well, it's like kind of like the detective in that you can see that he would essentially have made it his life work to get her out. But think about that, like yeah. being so all consumed, not being able to sleep at night by a stranger, a case that has become so involved and immersed in your own story and your own life that it is that it becomes your mission to get to the bottom of. Like that just But it's also blows very it's very driven in your work too. Because it's interesting, my partner and I have hooked and to the point where on Sunday we were both in the house at up to different episodes and we're walking around the house with headphones on. Oh, you dork. Listening to the podcast, but we were at different points. There was a time on Saturday night that we went for a drive just so we could listen to the podcast. Rages. And we came home and then put it on the boat and just laid on bed and listened to it. We are hooked. Yeah, right. So essentially, I guess it's very easy to get hooked into a story like this, particularly if you feel that there is a story untold. Yeah. There's a story not just about a murder but about a community and there's a story of a, a real crazy unjust situation that particularly timing has worked in the favour of this story and, and that unjust, some of it has come out that there's factors that men have been involved but mostly it's women that have been under the abuse. Is it? Is it the fact that it's an Aussie story that's also got you gripped? I think so it's many- an extra element, but like yeah. Serial, it's just yeah, an incredible okay. just story. story. So Hadley Thomas is uh, the National Chief Correspondent and Investigator for The Australian that has put this together. Lynn Dawson was a Sydney mother and she disappeared in 1982. They're calling it a probable murder. Okay. And essentially the case is quite simple in that from the outside – the, her husband, Chris Dawson, mm-hmm. was uh, played both codes. So I think he played rugby and then went over to um, uh, like NRL. Was he like a well-known dude? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So he was. And he was a twin. And he was incredibly close to his twin brother. And they did everything together. Weirdly so. We're both teachers, had the same car, had a very similar kind of relationship with their wife, lived, you know, within, you know, in the same neighborhood. I think it was almost even the same street. That freaks me out. And it was bizarre. And what has come out about this story is that he had decided to hire one of the students to be a babysitter in their home. Okay. And a lot of the students at the time of the school were very aware that this student and this particular man were fucking. Oh. And How old was the student? Like 16. Oh, Christ. Okay. So it's pe- it's under pedophilia. It's illegal. Right. And 
then she moves into the home because she's got an awful situation going on in her home. Hang on, he's married though, right? He's got a wife. Yep. Moves in as the babysitter because she had to do a HSC and he's told his wife she's got nowhere to go. So weird. And he's basically continuing having sex with her in the house through that time. Does the wife know? Uh, starting to get a bit yeah, of an idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, they go through problems, blah, blah, blah. I won't fill in all the details. Essentially what ends up happening is just after Christmas, Lynn disappears. He tells police that she has gone off a few different times over the last 30 years. He's told her different reasons. Once was a religious group. Once was that she was shopping or having a good time in Central Coast with some friends. Never came back. Was close to her family. Never spoke to them again. Was incredibly close to her two daughters. Never spoke to them again. And there's really strong evidence, you know, against him as he had the affair. He was having an affair with a student. He apparently fucked other students. And also, essentially, um, there's people that have, you know, been a witness to domestic violence in the home. So why, so why, with all of those factors known, right, mm. why was the case so much of a mystery? Well, it's interesting, and that's what I want to talk about. I don't want to go into too much detail because I do think it's such an incredible piece of work, and it is a it's a it's brilliantly told. It's harrowing. It is harrowing, but the themes are really, really terrifying, because in that time, if you were, and it's still, you know, I, I think the thing that I've been so scared by is yes, a lot of people on the podcast have said it's a very different time now. You know, it's a very different time. Maybe I would have spoken now. Maybe women, you know, if there was if there was any form of, mm. you know, cheating or any form of kind of even you raise your voice at your wife, they're looking into it. You know, mm. they're looking into saying this can't just be that she's walked off out of absolutely nowhere. What's going on? We're well, going to question this. Well, that was only really recent that we saw a couple of weeks ago in Australia that there were um, was legislation changed in terms of what domestic violence is and what domestic abuse is, and it's only quite a recent thing written into legislation that emotional abuse is mm. now taken into account. Mm. And we're financial, you know, thir- the yeah, thir- like th- that's thirty then, years later. That's right. So back then, she didn't have her own credit cards. She wasn't, you know, she had she couldn't drive. It's just actually so. It's so sensational that anyone could possibly have told themselves back then innocently mm. Mm. that she has walked you know like it is just crazy but on the flip side of that early 80s we're not even born there is a man that is incredibly successful in, very well known and respected in the community that does play professional sport that is not going to be questioned mm, we'll look the other way and everybody did and then it comes out that in the northern beaches there was just in that era at particular high schools there was teachers that predat- were predators and and basically groomed young students wow. to assault them. Wow. And now people are coming out and saying we want – some teachers are still teaching. Really? It is insane. Do you get the vibe they're protected because of – a the time, but also be where it is. Like the set that sense of community. Oh, you know, so the northern things. beaches. Yes. Like it yes. reminds me of almost like Summer Bay. Like it's so clicky that I don't know. People are like, oh, but a dark so Summer Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter who, who you are or where you went, if you grew up on the beaches, you kind of could draw a line to anybody that you meet. Which I think can happen on a beach suburb. God, I feel like that walking up the street now, living where I live. But I must say that is exactly what I had uh, really reflected on through this time. And I, Ben and I would talk about it after we'd listen and I'd say to him, 
you know, I've always said there's a really funny energy about Sydney. And I said, you know, when I was going out and meeting people much more, just moved here, you know, didn't know anybody. What do you mean funny energy, like dark energy? Yeah, I have. I've always felt like underlying there is a lot of secrets in this city. Being a Melbourne girl and and semi-country girl growing up, there's a real transparency and a real, um, a different energy that I have had from meeting new people and being out and about. And I don't know if that's biased because I grew up there. I'm not sure. But at the same time, there's something in my gut that's always told me, and I love living here, but I have learned to be very careful and very protected um, with the people that I meet in the city. And so when we've been listening, it's funny that you say that because... That is what I and my partner's always lived here. He he migrated here from when he was a young boy from England and he's never lived anywhere else. So he grew up in Sydney and and he kinda understood what I meant. Do you and know what I think you can here. hide under though? Money. Where's the most amount of money well, that's in right. this country? Sydney. That's right. Yeah. So I think those like yeah, when you hear of the And they like were very rich. Multi, multi, yeah, multi they lived millionaire. In a ver- yeah. Billionaire. You know, this sense of like fame, notoriety, status. Where is a hotspot for that? Where's the shiny gem of the crown of Australia? It's right here. Mm. So I, 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 I don't and know. And we're about, in it. We live the eastern suburbs, I don't know but about, Bondi is yeah. very much still. I don't think it's as much, but I do think I've been to parties where I'm like, this is soulless. The the, the excess is in, intense. I don't know about the dark energy. I haven't felt that as much as you, but I, I think it's just an observation. I did reflect from listening to this show. Just if that is how I felt in an energy of this place now, could you imagine what it would have been like early 80s where women barely had a voice, like did not, you know, and were working part-time jobs, if that. They were, you know, she defended her husband the entire time Mm. and was doing some god-awful things to her. And neighbours and people knew about it. People have come out and said, she told me this, she told me that. And her beautiful poor family grew up in Clavelli, very close to us. Nah, they're the the stories that really get you in the bottom of the spine, those tinglers. It's like, why do you think everybody felt so so passionate about like the Jill Maher case Mm. and a few of these real Mm. or god-awful stories? It's because... Basically, every girl sees that footage, and I think about it now, and I feel close to tears because you think to yourself, "How many times could that have happened to me?" Mm. And you're right. But I, like, I, I mean, I didn't f- get that from this podcast. No, no, I, I mean, but say. the familiarity around—I think that's why sometimes, I don't know, I, I, I the the familiarity around like the the place itself. Well, I think the word is reality. Because Mm. the familiarity is that it could be a reality, exactly as you described. And look, I really feel a lot of people have come out and and been able to speak about, you know, abuse that was going on at the school because of this story. Like, it is a huge story. And it's not just the police, it's the education department now that need to be seriously looking into what has happened. And I, I mean, I know this sounds really full on, but I'm so into it and I think I'm like in a bit of a daze with it that it's like... If you are someone that even listens to this show, that parents were growing up in the Northern Beaches or anybody remotely knows something, you know, there's momentum here. Yeah. These, these, this family need to put this to bed. And and so I would contact, you know, the Australian or the police. Like it well, is it's like really this, the serial on. podcast, like how yeah. there was a retrial based on 
the the interest levels and the calls from the public around a retrial. It's it's also an interesting thing because at the end of the day, and we'll finish up on this, but let us know what you think. Let me know if you're listening. So have you clocked? To, have you clocked the whole I'm set? almost at the end. All it's right, still well, going up weekly. But, oh, um, is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I am oh. really intrigued now. Yeah, it's, in, it's an incredibly devastating, harrowing story and it will trigger you in different ways. It's... It is hard, and and that's what I was about to say before. Please let me know if you if you're what you thought your thoughts are, because I'd love to talk to someone about them. I'm really right into it, but the, I guess the thing that really was very confronting to me, as much as everybody and a lot of older women had said, it is a very different time, and and I just didn't feel like you got into people's business. I and you know the comments were, I felt like you don't you mind your own business was the big one, and the second one was I trusted the police. Yeah, okay. and. They're two things that I believe in this day and age have still not changed too much. You know, people still, there are plenty of people that still like to look the other way and and also people think that their voice doesn't count and mm. for a lot of reasons. And, and I just think this, if anything, has been a demonstration that that is not the case. And the other thing I wanted to say was that the scariest thing about this was whilst, yes, they have all come out and said it was a different time, I didn't feel like I could speak, you were told to do other things, we we didn't get in other people's business then. As much as that was the case, I still feel like there are so many similarities with the way women feel like they aren't worthy of being heard or that, you know, little mannerisms by our friend's partner that speaks awfully to them means not nothing. Mm, you know, there's mm. so many small mannerisms and, you know, and... That add up. And ways yeah. of that we still operate in society that haven't changed. Mm. And that was the thing that kind of, that scared me the most, that whilst there have been changes and things are changing, there were still a lot of things 30 years ago that are still very prevalent now, very prevalent. So, yeah, uh, safe to say I'm a big fan. Mm. And they're oh, doing incredible work. Yeah, that's awesome. But, I mean, aw- yeah. awesome that they're drawing light to w- what I'm sure is not an isolated case. Ooh, gross. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Um, okay, I want to talk about something, uh, I was going to say lighter, but is it? 
Well, no, not really, but no one's. Well, no one's well, dead. No one, nobody's dead, but a relationship is dead. Yeah. Oh. No, it is. I know. It's okay, so, so remember a few years ago, you know, two years ago to be pretty exact, two members, so like almost half of the Wiggles in their current generation, Emma, the yellow Wiggle, and Lockie, announced that they got married Mm. and the photos are everywhere and you know they both look stunning and so happy because I think naturally to be in the wiggles you have to have a pretty happy disposition she just has the biggest smile that you've ever seen and he just looks like one of those guys that just is mega pos and obviously you would have to be they're children's entertainers and I'm sure you know that's like working for them and worked for them children's groups like this like the wiggles that are a freaking institution that i grew i'm almost 30 like i grew up watching the wiggles like this brand and as it's been reinvigorated by different people and thank christ there's finally a woman in there that you know like as much as you're i don't know disconnected you're not is that what you mean yeah as much as you're like oh God, remember, you know, like that was ages ago. There's still part of you in your heart that goes, I know all of the songs. Well, it's like I when know... you watch Please Like Me, right? And you know that the mum is Pippa from Home and Away. Yeah, there's just You some... know what I mean? Like you have nostalgia, there's right? There's something that really gets me. And even though I, you know, like this latest reincarnation of the Wiggles, I never watched them or have kids in my life that have watched this incarnate reincarnation of the Wiggles. There's still part of me that feels like reads this article and heard this news about the fact that the Wiggles couple have broken up. That is devastating. Well, two things. One, a public breakup of people that look like they're quite nice people is always sad. And two, why are you justifying why you care about the Wiggles? Like, I feel like... You don't get a choice if you're Australian. Brainwashed yeah, or whatever. Yeah, we're brainwashed to love the Wiggles. It's like we come into this world and if you were born after the – in any time in the 80s, because even if you were too old, your little yeah, cousins yeah, yeah, or someone yeah, – Yeah, but, this but is I the feel we- like you don't get a choice. The Wiggles is so weird. Like you've got- Thought, stopped and it's thought freaky. about this the freaky. other day, right? When a mate of mine's kids was listening to the Wiggles in the background of a phone call. They're still sporting and the same like, songs or what? And I was like, yeah, they've got newbies, but, you know, like that. she was playing the oh, she was playing hot potato What about this them. one? Is this one, um, hands in the air, yeah, rock a bear. Is that bear, still going? Bears, bears now, now asleep. asleep. Shh, shh, shh. Of course bears it is. now asleep. Think about the concept. Oh my god! Just think of my cousin and I. Think about think about the concept of what the Wiggles was back in the day originally, and still kind of is now. Everybody, grown men dancing around in horrific skivvies, like it's pretty random. I'm more concerned by the black pants. And then there's one of them suit pants. And then there's one of them that just constantly falls asleep that has to be woken up. Like it's pretty random. Like I know a lot of kids shows. It's like "Mm, there's a cute little bear and they're having "Mm, cute tea parties. These are like fully grown men in the suit pants and like these brightly coloured skivvies that are like quite earnestly singing and and that got to a point where they were quite well known for being middle-aged and daggy. When you compare like them to high five. You know what I mean? Like there's Just an energy. Just because there's some butterfly clips in a brain. No, like, no, no. But there's an energy around a yeah, fresh, youthful, cool, older sister, older brother type but vibe versus think, the Wiggles. Do you think it's the songs? Because I this I want to go back to the cult thing that we're all in, right? Like the brainwashing. The Wiggles cult. I generally, I, like I genuinely, I mean, see kids very early age when you see them from growing up even. You know, like I look at my friend's kids and I'm like, why does this still stand the distance? 
Like I think because this, I think because they're incredibly clever. Like because the Wiggles, you know, they were a band before. They were a rock band before and, and weren't making any waves in the music industry. Oh, and they I said we need to redefine where we're going. Where's a gap in the marketplace? And they said, all right, let's be a kids band. I think they are extremely smart. And Anthony, the Blue Wiggle, and his brother, who was originally Captain Feathersword back in the 80s and 90s, uh-huh. they are the brain children behind the brand of the Wiggles. I just think they're incredibly smart and the and the melodies that they write and the words that they write, something appeal to kids' brains. That's what I mean. And get and stuck it, in there. Well, not just kids, everybody. They must just be like that. If they imagine they were writing pop songs or something, it would probably work. Back to the relationship, though. Oh, yeah, we need, to, we need to draw it back. fascinating for a second? I just want to – I really want to focus on – relationships because I I have thought about this as a person that's just gotten married how interesting it is for though how many people separate within the first two years of being married have you noticed that a mate of mine it's been it was 10 weeks yeah it, like it, and I, I truly do think very do, do you find it very fascinating I was reading an article recently about post-marriage blues especially in this country in Australia where there is so much pressure and build up and um, you know, hype put around one day of our lives, yeah. which truly is. And Alain de Baton, who's a philosopher, writes a lot about this in The Course of Love when he talks about, you know, in storybooks, in fairy tales, we're kind of told that the marriage is the end of the story. Yeah. When he said, in actual fact, it is the beginning because that's when the glitz and the glamour and often the excitement of a relationship fades and the real work and the real good a lot of the time can come from from that. No freaking wonder there is like post-marriage blues and this depression because there is this idea that A, it legitimises your relationship, which I think to some extent it does, but B, also that... I don't know that it's like now this big picture and now our lives can begin and now our relationships change. And for the most part, it doesn't really mean much. And if you're changing your name, that you change your name and you don't, well, what else? What's it changing? Well, I think it shifts a lot of people to go into gear as to what is it you want to do with your life or your relationship. And what I think happens is a lot of people don't have that conversation before they get married. Even though I, I, I agree with what you're saying and I agree with a lot of his work, I do think there's also this element of, in a way for us anyway, what it did allow to do, and we obviously did it very differently, but what it did allow to do by having that kind of unified formal moment, even if it was as small as what we did, it made us, we took that opportunity to then put forth everything that we wanted or everything that we individually wanted to then try and put together, I guess, a a goal or kind of a set of goals and a set of dreams that we could achieve as a couple. But I just don't think people do that. No, I feel like, I mean, people that I've known, and I'm not thinking about anyone in particular, but I just think, I think there's this real kind of expectation that marriage is going to make things that might be a bit shit a bit better. I think that often happens when you've been together for a long time. Yeah, yeah. and that, mate, yeah. I was in a relationship for like eight years and mm. I thought well, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. It's messed up now when I go back to that place where I, I, it's the, the thought of marriage now, the only wedding I can think about is the wedding that I had planned to my ex. Mm. Unconsciously at the time I didn't realise, but there were certainly things in my relationship where I thought, there's this picture that the shit that I think is a bit underlying that we're not addressing that the bad in this relationship will be fixed by this day. I think it's interesting because I agree with you, but I also think 
that what it has done, which I didn't realise it had the power to the do. The good in your in now your marriage. Well, in just marriage in general as a as an action. What I didn't realise the good power it has is for you to have that as as it sounds very simple, but as the big commitment mark. Because it also allows you, like it did with your relationship, to ask yourself at eight years, why aren't you married? That's right. And I think I didn't realise there was also power in that. Yeah. But can you even begin to imagine... Like you, you're in the wiggles, or you're in, you know. And I just think, I think anyone tr- that's newlyweds, I, but I just think the wiggles, yeah. Even. But I just think the wiggles in particular, or like any kind of like that is not a normal lifestyle, no. right? And I've, you know, regional radio, like how many times did High Five come to Aubrey Wodonga on the border of New South Wales and Vic? And I remember speaking to them off air, and they were explaining like, oh God, we've got our Asia tour coming up, and you know they were working 340 days of the year touring around the country and they were talking about how hard long-distance relationships are. And I think it gave me a real insight where I was like, oh, I just thought you'd be like kind of – it's so naive now I think about it, but dancing behind a camera and kind of, you know, having the time of your lives and you get to perform and be on the road and that's pretty sick, isn't it? And so you, Oh, fuck no. But you think about the intensity, A, around why they've fallen in love in the first place yeah. because how hard it would be to meet somebody yeah. when you're travelling that amount of time. So they've fallen for each other. Not only that now – that now, two years after a marriage, that they've broken up and have to continue to be in this environment where there's probably, what, there's four or five people in the Wiggles and there's maybe a few people, their tour manager and the manager, whatever. There's maybe a group of 10 people max. Like you're living, we've experienced that, what it's like to do a show, a radio show for a few years. It's such an intense environment mm. where you're living literally out of each other's pockets I just really feel for them and they've released this joint statement saying we have and continue to share the most beautiful life together but wanted to let you know that privately for the past six months we've been navigating through a trial separation. So that means a year and a half in they were Yeah, out. and I even think mm. about how do you trial a separation well, I think in that trial, scenario? That's well, for long. I mean, I think you trial, I've had people in my life that have got, you trial to see if it will change anything. So even they might have had to put boundaries out, you know, not sleeping in the same rooms and that's hard. That is incredibly hard, like you say, because they would be on tour together. I think the other thing that needs to be said though is um, kind of that post-wedding blues situation. Uh, I, I, I can really understand potentially where there could be some real icky points, you know? Like I think like it does do that definitive moment. And whilst I think a lot of the time, so many of my friends and people have said, particularly when we were thinking about getting married, it won't change anything. Uh. And then I didn't feel like it didn't change anything at all. I felt quite different. Um, I don't know if it was a good or a bad way, mostly good, I think, but I definitely felt different. Actually, no, it was definitely better. I felt, I definitely was like, this is way better than I thought. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, there's like I think for a, a lot of people I don't know I just don't think those first few years are as easy as people would like to say and I know it's different because you get married at different points of relationships you can't ignore the fact that you might have been together for six years before but do, or five there's years certainly before. But, but there's I, certainly something around the newlyweds I think there is but I also think what I'm trying to say is it may be that around that time a lot of people are really only starting to mature their relationship so it's kind of like you're starting for the first couple of years again for a lot of people. 
So you might have been in a relationship for six years and then you get married and then you're kind of going to start to reassess. All right, well, we should put bank accounts together. You know, maybe when do we want to have kids? And then those conversations start. It doesn't matter how long you've been together. On the flip side of that, I also think that moment can happen for couples like me that potentially are older and dive in a bit quicker at the beginning of their relationship. And what I think is the biggest undertold part or like unspoken about part of joining a relationship is how hard it can be at the beginning. And so as much as it might not have been the beginning for them, do you know what I mean? Like it, it may have been a, a, a restart and it has brought up shit because at the beginning of relationships and I've, I've, I've seen many that have got into them older and so it might not have been marriage in, in my social circles, but I've seen how hard they can be. And it certainly wasn't, hasn't been all easy for Ben and I either. So I don't think everybody makes it through that part is what mm, I'm saying. Mm. And I think that's why sometimes we see trends that you may have been together for six years, but maybe you haven't had the real nitty gritty stuff happen. And so you almost start your relationship again and then you realize, oh shit, there's some stuff here we haven't actually oh, addressed. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I think. Do you know I what I mean? That, like, so whether it's the But I even think about that myself around the marriage stuff where it's like, all right, we're legit now. Now what are we doing with our – what's our story now? But that is exactly right. So you would have been a person that put the start button on once you were married. For me, we put the start button on from the beginning because I think we just met later in life. So we were kind of ready to go. But either way, I think it is silenced. Everybody's mm. terrified of speaking up about how challenging that time is because you're either a newlywed or you're in the honeymoon period. Mm. And they don't last – and also they are momentous times where there's a lot of pressure and a lot of really big happy. things coming yeah. up. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff coming up. So, yeah, I just think it's very sad, but I think it should be spoken about much more about how challenging those times can be. And if you are a person at the beginning of a relationship or at the beginning of your marriage, you know, hang in there, put the work in because it's not supposed – don't doubt yourself too much because it's not supposed to all be pretty is what no. I'm trying to say. No, I think – yeah, I think there's a lot of expectations around <laughs> around not just marriage but around relationships. You know, you 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 compare yourself and the beginning so much points and in you particular. compare not just to other people but, as you said, these kind of societal norms and if you don't stack up then it means things are broken. Mm. And I think – um. I mean the yeah. fact that, that the fact that they did the trial separation for six months, I think, is a bit like, and to do that in silence, like, and to do that as they're touring on the, and on the road, and that's part of what their statement was that we've performed hundreds of shows already apart, or, yeah, yeah, already apart, already. And I think a lot of the time that's the hardest part of a breakup, right? It's as you kind of know in your gut, and you're trying to give it one last ditch effort. I think sometimes the breakup it, itself can be a bit of a relief. That's what I found in my case anyway. Maybe this in a way is a relief that it can be out of the open because because they are a children's group too. I think that adds another layer well, of complexity because I think a lot of the time you have to be this happy life, roses, you know, like a new kind of shield. And that's why I found it really amazing that Emma spoke so much and has been such a big advocate around endometriosis mm. because that's such a – and the way that she was able to communicate that to kids and fans that follow the Wiggles, you know, to be able to translate, a, you know, a complex adult kind of issue to younger kids, to have that um, persona around being like, life's good, I'm happy, why well, I always wear pigtails and have bright lipstick on, like to then also be have to deal with 
public, you know, publicly adult stuff, like mm. adult relationships, that would be an added pressure that you'd have to put a bit of a smiling face on Well, for. I think it's a new brand for the for the group, you mm. know. Essentially, that's just not how life works and mental illness is is starting within kids earlier than what we even want to think about, you know. So it makes sense that they've rebranded to be a little bit more honest. I think the biggest thing, though, after all the things that you've just said and, you know, all the things that I followed through breakups and Zoe Foster Blake says it brilliantly in all the stuff that she writes is that it's a gift. Mm. It is absolutely a gift. No matter how complex this is and no matter how awful and hard and all the extra layers that go onto their situation, as we've always said on this show and I've always said this, you know, when you break out of something that's not right, as hard as it is, it's always the better option. Mm. Always. All right, we're out of here. Um, big announcement. Next week we will be doing the 411 Live from the Sheaf in Double Bay in Sydney. If you are around, we would love to see your face. The event is free. We will be watching The Bachelor uh, on the big screen before and then recording this podcast at the venue. Come and say g'day, have a beer, uh, come and grab a bite to eat. Um, we're really excited about it, actually. Because let's face it, that's half the reason everybody watches Batchy, so you can talk about it with your mates on the couch and people at work the next day. Just do it with us instead. Yeah, as and well if, as everyone else. If you're not in Sydney, we will be uh, chucking it straight up on this very pod yep. channel as soon as we possibly can after the recording. Um, all right, guys, we've got a big week next week. It's all about. Are you ready for yeah, it? Yeah, drum roll. Motherhood. Mm-hmm. Thinking oh, girl style, obviously. My goodness. Yeah, no. yeah, it's interesting. We're going to speak to Jamila Ritzvi. We're going to speak to Rachel Finch. And I'm going to share, um, I think a few of you have detected it. I've mentioned it here and there on the podcast, but I'm going to share, um, I guess, my first experience of this particular topic and some things that I haven't really shared across this year, um, all happening on the catch up next week. Okay, we'll chat to you then, guys. Okay, bye. Bye. love this podcast but you want to chat about it more make sure you go to the thinker girls on facebook uh, that's obviously us and insta because that's where we're going to be continuing this convo with you posse yes we want to know what you think posse so every week we'll be breaking down our podcast content across social media so you have an opportunity to share your opinions plus we're on insta stories every damn day so you get to come along with us for this crazy tg ride yeah merce head to facebook instagram snapchat or even twitter to find us Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.